Hello, and welcome to the first episode of No Pods, No Casters. Um, I'm here to give an introduction into what anarchism is. Um, first one is, first episode will be kind of broad, um, and there's a lot to go into, so I'm kind of splitting it up into multiple parts. But this first one will be what anarchism is, and a little bit about how it can be organized. Um, some people, when they first hear what anarchism is, or they first hear the word anarchy, they think of the terrorist people, terrorist bomb throwers, and black mass that are screaming anarchy and are lawless, running around, doing whatever they want, or just some like 14-year-old edgelord that thinks he's cool and woke, or whatever. Um, that's pretty far from what it actually is, though. It's I mean, it is a well-established ideology that's been around for a couple hundred years now. Um, many different branches. Um, hopefully, I want to I want to try to dive into all of them, and a, a lot of different schools of thought with different amounts of success and um, a lot of progress that helped workers throughout all of history. Um, I think I find Noam Chomsky's summation of what anarchy is to be pretty close to to what I keep the core of. It says, any form of authority or domination has a burden of proof to bear. It has to demonstrate it's legitimate. doesn't matter if it's a family or a global economy. If it's not legitimate authority, then it has to be dismantled. Anarchists have a tendency to look at these authorities and to challenge where they're at. And if they can't prove themselves, the, the burden of proof rests on them. Uh, and it should be a high burden of proof. Um, then they shouldn't be exist. They shouldn't exist. Um, they're oppressing people, and they can be done in a better way. Seeing if there's no political background, I imagine you're probably confused. Um... I mean, I don't know. If you're coming up from the U.S. perspective, you have the, the Democrats and the Republicans. and I don't think the Democrats are that far left, because I'm actually far left. I'm, I'm a pretty radical anarchist. That's the definition of being an anarchist. And I don't like the Democratic Party. I don't find them radical at all. Um, I think the Republican Party is pretty reactionary. If I had to, if I had to give them an ideology, it would... I don't know, be ultra-nationalist Christian conservatives. I mean, in some instances, they're really close to a theocratic state, I think. Um, I, I, anarchists are trying to fight for a free, egalitarian society, uh, support diversity, social exploration. Uh, we try to find the best way to organize society to maximize personal growth. That's what it's all about. It's maximizing personal growth, maximizing uh, personal acceptance and acceptance in the community, uh, acceptance of everyone in the community. Uh, just as importantly, rejecting centralized authority and control. Um, we don't believe in government. We don't think government's necessary. Um, I, I believe in a form of direct democracy. I think we can establish delegations and councils that I'll go into further on that can make this 
an actual process that gives power to the people. And I think it's very important that we have power. As we, as we can see, I mean, capitalism is careering, careering us. Wow. It's taking us towards uh, a very risky edge. Uh, climate change is just around the corner, and it's going to hit us really, really hard if we're not prepared. Um, don't believe in, I do not believe in representative democracy. Uh, at least representative democracy in the forms we have now. I don't think they're adequate. I think the United States proves this pretty well as uh, many other presidents or presidential systems do, they're not really stable. Um, presidents tend to consolidate power. Um, they tend to get less free. And uh, to begin with, they're not free. Uh, you can look at it pretty, pretty clearly how representatives don't act in our interest. Um, lobbyists take so much more uh, priority over individual citizens. Money powers these political entities, so they rely on it so heavenly, heavily that the slaves to the donors, and the donors are the millionaire plutocrats in our country, or the business investors that are foreign, or any other number of other problems that you should be able to see. Um, so I, I don't think it's a proper system. I don't think it's functioning properly. I don't think our forefathers wanted to, or if they did want it to function this way, I, I don't want that system. I don't think it's good. Um, I lost faith in it, seeing the 2016 election. That's what really killed electoralism for me. Um, one, the DNC screwed Bernie Sanders, um, showing that the DNC and the ONC will pick whatever candidate they want. Um, it'll be who they want, and it will be with their interests in mind. Um, and then two, the popular vote doesn't mean much. Um, we're not as important. Um, again, it's delegates that can that are elected and blah 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 and can be abused and are abused and I just don't think it's a good system. I don't see. It working. We get government shutdowns semi-regularly, and that causes so many problems. Um, it's just a mess of a system, and it seems to be uh, very much exposed right now, especially in this crisis. Um, I mean, you can look at both the internal and the external policies. They're just a mess. This will make one of the... Uh, major causes for me to become an anarchist, looking into America's actual policies or actual decisions. Um, I killed my love for it, killed my love for the country. Um, I mean, we're monsters in so many regards. And it's okay because we're the first top country in the world and might makes right. Ah, that's just such a scary thought for me. Um, because I do believe in individual. I do believe in empowering, empowering the individual. I don't think mob mentality or mob democracy is bad. I don't think it is something we should worry about. I think it's something we should try to embrace. Um, empowering the individual 
Walkers, as shown in throughout history, and in a couple instances we have gotten to, like the Spanish revolutions or the uh, Ukraine peasant revolt. I've studied more in the Spanish one, but I also know that there was an anarchist peasant revolt in the Black Army during the Russian Civil Wars. Uh, they both sought to, to empower the individual worker, um, so they all owned the means of production, and that they were all economically uh, secure, so they could follow their own passions. Um, it's important. It's important for us to be safe. It's important for us to be able to go and follow what we love, and that's, that's why I think, uh, that's why I'm an anarchist. That's why I think these views maximize that potential. Um, going into it, I guess the first ideology that I, I'm mainly going into is uh, anarcho-syndicalism. Um, and problem with, with also going into anarcho-syndicalism is it crosses over mainly with anarcho-communism. Um, hearing the word communism, um, I'm sure some people immediately think of Venezuela or North Korea or China or any of the other uh, boogeyman countries that the right wing uses right now. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess they're, they're socialists, they're state socialists. Um, I'm not sure what ideology or what specific family South America communism is. I forget. I haven't looked into it yet. Um, but uh, China, for example, um, I, don't know. I don't like China. And, I, and they don't follow anarchism either. They're state communists, which are... Um, very much against anarchists. Looking at the USSR, um, they put many anarchists in the gulags. Um, as soon as they killed the uh, anti-communist White Army, the Red Army led by Leon Trotsky, um, turned around and crushed the uh, Makonovist Black Army anarchists. Um, despite having a ceasefire and despite having common views to a degree, because anarchists were in the First International and up for a good point. And I think Marx even um, supported the success of the French Commune, which had very, very strong libertarian socialist views, which are just the, the old world for anarchism, um, the old European world. Libertarianism in America has weirdly been tainted with ultra-nationalist Second Amendment. I mean, you you know the people if if you can think of it when right libertarians and you think of them and it's like oh that's it's those people. I don't know how they co-opted the word. I think it was this part of the some of the appropriate some of the the words they grabbed. Um, however, it's the back to the the communism problem again. The important part here is we reject centralized authority. So. Um, Marxist-Leninism, which was the ideology of the USSR, for example, um, is is not a country that we support. It's not a country many many anarchists support because it's, it was brutal. They oppressed many people. They oppressed a lot of freedom there. Um, we think, um, I should say we think, anarchists, and, and in my opinion, um, believe that the transition state, so socialism is meant to be workers owning the means of production and it is the transitionary state 
to a communist country. And communism is supposed to be a stateless, classless society that's uh, moneyless, too. Um, so to get to that, they want to have a socialist uh, transitionary period where the uh, dictatorship of the proletarians um, carries that out. Um, I do not think that's necessary. I, um, there is a famous anarchist, uh, his name is Mikhail Bakunin. He predicted that um, if there would be any country that tried to predict, that tried to uh, create something like this. It would be called a red bureaucracy and it would be the, one of the worst monstrosities we've ever seen. And I agree with him. We, we, we saw a red bureaucracy, and it, one of the most brutal things we've ever seen on this planet. Um, and still is. I, I don't support them. I do not like centralized authority. I think um, it, it is a way for people to consolidate power, and then they're expected to leave it. And you can't expect these people that are rooted in the system to not want to leave it. They, they've kept it, they've become heroes of the revolution because they follow hero worship, and they want to keep this centralized power because it, absolute power corrupts. Um, if you find a very small subset, I think that would actually willingly give up ultimate power. And it's a hard question because some people think that centralization is the, the only way we're going to achieve something. Um, I mean, I argue that um, decentralization is most definitely the way to go because not only does it stop power centralization, it's stopping the reformation of hierarchies and this it, the class that's formed again up at the top and to push down from the bottom, but it's trying to instead take the power away and then spread it all back evenly and then keep it all going from the bottom up. It's not letting the power go back up from the, or creating a new top for the power to go back down. You're just trying to disseminate it to everyone equally. Um, it, it, it's an important difference, nonetheless, because I'm not a com, I'm not a Marxist Leninist. I don't support uh, communist Russia and what they did. I don't support um, the CCP and what they are currently doing. Um, does this mean I don't support of a communist? No, I, I mean, I support Luxembourgian communists, which are uh, council communists. Um, as we get further down into it, they're a bit closer to what I advocate because it's still the workers carrying it out and it's more democratic than the um, dictatorship of the pools. I never liked that term. I never liked the word dictatorship. Um, it's not a good. It's not a good name, I guess. I'd say uh, the centralized power, I guess, has always kind of put me off looking at. It. I think dictators or, or the thought of dictators is just never a good idea. Uh, keeping a mass amount of power in one a good in one place just doesn't seem like a good idea. Um. I know I want to go more into Marx and Engels' work, for example. Um, actual, Marx's actual work is somewhat interesting. I do agree with some of it from what I've read. Um, but anything Marxist-Leninist, I, I have trouble with. I don't like Lenin. I don't really support Trotsky that much. 
I don't support Mao. I'll um, be. I guess I haven't read anything strictly from Mao. I've I've not done a whole lot of research into the into the East Asian um, movements, but from what I've seen, um, I, I don't support them. Um, before going any further, I guess I should make it more clear. I am an anarcho syndicalist. I am an anarcho communist. Um, they blur the line a lot. Anarcho communism is sort of the end goal, I guess I'd say. It's what the society should be uh, more set up upon. And syndicalism offers the way of revolutionizing the workforce. It's educating the workers to form unions and to um, fight from the point of production. Um, so obviously I'll go more into that in a bit, but it, it is the way of um, proceeding through the revolution and setting up afterwards to try and achieve communism. Um, I mean, yeah, these, these are very close ideologies. Many anarcho-syndicalists, including the founder of it, which is Rudolf Rocker, which I highly encourage reading the, um, his book, Anarcho-Syndicalism. It's on YouTube, I think, as an audiobook. I listened to it, and it was, it's nice to, and easy just to... Uh, drive with it, I suppose. Um, but he was a, an anarcho-communist as well as an anarcho-syndicalist as, as they go back and forth pretty clearly. Um, how did they organize? Well, syndicalism it organized them through militant strikes and walkouts. So it's getting the unions as an actual proper body of um, collective democrat democratically organized systems. So the participants could elect their union bosses and their union representatives, and the union representatives met with uh, or could form larger delegations. And uh, this is the way uh, trade unions organized in England and uh, other parts of Western Europe and early parts of industrialization. Um, it was to maximize worker power and to further the labor movement, um, as that was a massive fight back then. Um, syndicates, uh, first, first time you might have heard the word syndicate, uh, for me, was crime syndicates. Uh, it's nothing nearly as insidious as that. Uh, they're closer to worker co-ops. Uh, if you don't know what a co-op is, they're, they're pretty wonderful little things. Um, they're democratically self-managed enterprises, and the assets are controlled by the workers. Um, give a proper definition, because that's a bit wordy. It's, what does that actually mean? Um, cooperatives, uh, meaning policy decisions related to the association, are based on one member, one vote, uh, with administrative staff being elected and held accountable by the full workforce. So this would be everyone involved get to vote on how the organization actually runs. Um, and they elect an administrative body that does the administrative stuff. That doesn't need to be subject to a vote all the time. Um, and this is the basis of organizing everything. Um, you organize the factories like that, you organize the researchers like that, you organize uh, all the groups like that. And some people might think, well, th doesn't that just cause more hierarchies to reform and uh, 
massive bloated body that you always have to have a vote for everything and it's uh, not responsive. That's not entirely true. Um, these councils say so you have the um, the bridge building engineers. Well, the bridge building engineers know more about their work than the people that don't work in the workforce. Um, sorry about that. I sometimes fidget with my phone, and I think I just broke my case. I'm going to stop doing with that. Um, the bridge workers would work on their own facilities, and because the workers themselves own it, they, they know what they're doing best. They get to make decisions about it, as long as it doesn't um, oppress other workers and doesn't... Um, I mean, as long as it doesn't oppress the other workers' safeties or the, the values of other de decisions made. Um, and there can be the, the delegate council bases um, don't usually consolidate power. It's usually a passed around position. Um, it's not looked at as a uh, special thing. It's meant to, it's not a full-time job. It's not meant to be a full-time job. It's meant to be passed around so it can be... Uh, dealt with properly in administrative problems. Um, organizations across industries wouldn't need to be identical. So just because the research group found what worked best for them doesn't mean the farmers also have to run the same way. Because what works for the scientists' guilds or the scientists' uh, unions, I guess I should say that'd be a better word for them, um, isn't the same as the farmers because obviously the farmers have different needs and different experiences and they have different ideas about what could work best so the farmers get to decide on what they do um, this obviously i mean applies to land in the same instance of sharecropping wouldn't uh, exist and landlords wouldn't exist because the uh, for example with a landlord all of the tenants would own the building um, and they'd collectively work together and they could, could collectively pay the bills. And that's how cooperatives run in a capitalist society. And uh, anarchist syndicalists advocate for these syndicate unions, these syndicate uh, cooperatives, to run the society. Uh, I mean, this has worked in the same way. This worked with the uh, CNT FAI of the Spanish uh, Revolution. They, they set up these collectivized farms in these collectivized cities. Uh, without needing the uh, upper body telling them to. Um, they did it free of course, and it was all free will. I think only um, out of hundreds of communes, uh, seven of them were made at gunpoint. Um, uh, they were highly participatory. Um, they, they worked. Uh, that's the main thing. They, they worked well. And because they don't need to be identical and they free the workers, they choose how they want to work and when they want to work so they can make production the most efficient way possible. You don't have um, this massive overconsumption problem we have in capitalism right now where you have knockoffs of knockoffs of knockoffs that are junk and do nothing and mean nothing and are worthless. Um, we can, one, bring value to work, and two... Um, actually have a planned economy that isn't that i mean it's not sporadic it, it's safer and insulated from crashes and uh is better for everyone involved um i mean these aren't new ideas cooperatives have been in uh, around since uh i mean a, a better name for it is workplace democracy um it, 
it's been around since I don't know, like the 1840s. Uh, the, the father of anarchism, Pierre Proudhon, talked about it. Uh, the idea is to if, if government we're moving government to more and more of a democratic process, then surely we have to move the workplace to a democratic process. Um, it's the next logical succession to free man um, is to democratically organize it. Um, and, and this popped up with the French riots and the French revolutions going on in that early time too, with people without um, any prior education, any prior theory knowledge, realizing that this is the best way to organize ourselves and the best way to protect ourselves from the capitalists right now, from the, from the masters. Um, uh, even in America, this idea existed that uh, wage labor wasn't much better than, than slavery. Um, and the idea that associated labor had to take its place. Wage labor was not a desirable position. Um, earliest example of workers wanting to take it into their own hands that, uh, one of the, that I could find at least was in 1833, the strikes in France. Worker cooperatives were being hailed as um, to offer emancipation from wage labor. To free you, to free yourself to be your own in your own control of uh, democratic destiny. Um, I mean, it, it's a, a widespread belief that people didn't need to to read about to figure out. They could they could see it with their own eyes. They could feel it in their hearts. They it wasn't right, and they wanted to change it. Um, even now, I mean, cooperative enterprises are coming back in America. They're popping up around the Rust Belt again. Um, I mean, there's a co-op bank uh, that I'm participatory in. Uh, I mean, I, I think the good methods, they're, they're important. They're important to support. They promote local... Um, it's the word I'm looking for. Local stability. They promote local participation and um, camaraderie, I guess would be a better word, maybe. And that's important because the way of the way anarchism would work is um, local communities are taking power of themselves. You'd have the people inside the community would make decisions for the community. I mean, it'd be important for everyone to uh, participate. Um, and I'll go... And in a later episode, talk about how, um, I mean, yes, there is the worry that people won't participate, but there are ways to incentivize that and to maximize participation. And in the past, when it was um, tried in the Spanish collectives, it did work. They had high participation, and many people were satisfied with it. Worker self-management, uh, democratic workplace. I mean, yeah, that's I'm sure that's confusing with the. Um, in comparison, it's corporatic uh, companies, which is top-down CEO management. What they say goes, um, and if you dislike it, or if the CEO doesn't have the uh, mindset they want, say they have a bit more morals than they want, then they. Uh, kick them out, and they pick a new person in that's okay with what they're doing. And it's as easy as that. Um, the best quote I could find of 
um, as an example for like engineers or scientists knowing their work, and I used this before, uh, they, they know their work more than anyone, and because they're working in their areas, they'll control it directly. Because uh, instead of having a scientist be reliant on research, or on, not on research, scientists being reliant on funds because it's published or fail, and you have to find people that will, you have to write grants and spend all this time asking for money to fund it, um, it'd be so much better if you, go, in my opinion, it'd be so much better that if you could have uh, groups of scientists get together and say, these are the most important things to study for the future of human- humanity on what we need to improve. But that's not the way we do it. We do it on profit incentive because that's what people find the, the most appetizing, I guess, the most uh, appealing. And... It's not good because research and development isn't profitable all the time or isn't profitable to certain things, so they don't get developed. So I never understood the full argument of, well, if you get rid of uh, competitive economy and all that, uh, research and development will stop. Because um, I think it would allow it to flourish so much more if you wouldn't have these blocking intellectual properties and true um, collaboration across the board from everyone. Um, that's just the whole, I guess it's a whole other tangent going on. Um, I mean, again, can will this just make more hierarchies? Will this just create more problems and create a massive bureaucratic mess? Um, I don't think so because power is power should not be delegated. The power should still rest at the bottom of the organization. Um, these big decision-making uh, powers shouldn't not be passed on unless the body wants them to be passed on to administrative council um, as they they're the ones that choose what the councils are doing they're in power of them they're in control of them at the end of the day and if it's found that one of these councils are abusing their uh, delegate powers or they're abusing their power one way the assembly can vote to strip it away from them um, just like that i mean they it's meant to be, the power will not be delegated. No, they won't be um, top down ever again. It's not meant to ever go back to top down. And that's an important distinction because it's supposed to stop those councils from consolidating power because they're still ultimately um, responsible to the assembly. Well, this has been a small introduction into anarcho-syndicalism um, and how the workforce could organize. Um, I want to go into more in the next episode. Um, it should be about uh, the dangers of syndicalism, um, further into worker self-management. Um, I'll see how, how far else I'll go. Um, if you have any questions or you want to send a comment, uh, please send an email to afriendlyanarchist at gmail.com. Um, really the only way to contact me right now at least i'm not really a social media person um i'm pretty much a hermit um please do let me know if you'd prefer longer or shorter episodes i'm kind of learning how to do this i know i i sure i sound really awkward um if you could all bear with me as i try to learn how to do this um uh, hopefully it can be educational for people that want to either way it'll be educational for me i guess because i get to read into everything um, the last thing I guess I'll leave you with is the 
story of how I was introduced to anarchism. Because I think it's important for people to know that, one, you, you can come from anywhere learning this stuff, and two, um, your education is important, and you should teach yourself. No matter what you want to learn, you can find out new things about the, the strangest things if you keep your mind open. Um, so I was junior in high school, I'd say, um, was trying to get out of Christian mindset. Uh, it, it didn't fit. I couldn't keep this double think in my head anymore of this single God um, being good. Uh, if he created everything, he can't be good because the world isn't good. Um, so I was looking for something spiritually. I tried being an atheist and it wasn't for me. Uh, some people, it is. An anarchist are full of atheists. Uh, I mean, my, my title is based off the phrase, no gods, no masters. Um, and I didn't replace it with a singular god. I think lots of monotheism has lots of problems. Despite Jesus' teachings uh, being relatively good, and I think a lot of them would be considered uh, communistic or... Uh, Anarchist. There is a sect of anarcho-Christianism if you're interested. That's an interesting read. Um, but I was looking for spiritualism, and I, I was listening to Alan Watts at that time, and I eventually stumbled across Terence McKenna. Um, I'm sure that, that will say a lot about uh, uh, me, if you know who Terence McKenna is. I did like Terence McKenna. I do like Terence McKenna. I think he's a very smart man. I think he, well, he was a very smart man, rest his soul. Um, and I think his uh, teachings were very valuable. Um, that was in, in the first time he said, uh, the first time I heard him talk about anarchism, someone was asking about how we, um, organize to, to, how we organize, uh, grassroots organizations. And he, he sat back and it was just an audio, but I could, I could almost, you could almost just hear him sit back and sigh and just be like, well, he, he, I think it was something along the lines of, I'm an old anarchist, and I don't believe in coercive um, social arrangements. And that stuck out to me, because I, I was looking for something, something non-coercive, something free. And that, along with the, the rest of what he preached, um, which I, I, I guess I shouldn't say preached, because he was an avid um, sayer of, I'm, I'm not selling you something, I'm just here talking about ideas um, that I think should be talked about. And um, they are worth thinking about. I think a lot of it opened my eyes to some things and helped me develop into a more depthful person. Um, psychedelics, at the end of the day, are boundary dissolving. And as he put it, um, governments don't like that because it helps you see a lot of what they do isn't necessary. A lot of what we have isn't necessary. A lot of, a lot of the stuff we're, we're doing with social contracts isn't necessary. And that is, at the end of the day, a great starting point for anarchism. It's a great way to sit down and look at it. Uh, and I'm not saying anarchism or uh, psychedelics always leads to anarchism or whatnot, because uh, it's a lot of introspective, introspection that's 
needed. And if you're sitting there thinking, oh, well, you're a, a druggie for talking about psychedelics, uh, I don't think I am for multiple reasons. Uh, the most, well, I guess the most obvious one I'm going to be pointing to right now is that uh, there's more and more evidence pointing to them being a solid uh, treatment for mental illnesses. Uh, many pioneers in the areas compared it to discovering a microscope for biology um, in comparison to LSD for the brain. I don't think it's that big, but um, I do think it's something that should be looked at as um, an avenue, at least. Anyways, that, that's my rant on how I learned about it is uh, Terrence McKenna, um, you know, I guess hippie spiritualist, talk about his old ideology uh, before he became ideology list for his spiritual reasons. Um, yeah, thanks for watching. Oh, thanks for listening. Gosh, sorry about that. See you in the uh, next episode if you'd want to stop by.